Greetings, everyone. Welcome to IML Publications for the first of an eight-part podcast for Jacqueline Gay Wally's collection of Venus as She Ages. It's a group of six novels that will be under our IML Publications imprint. I'm I. Murphy Lewis, the president of IML Publications, speaking to you from Paris, France, with my guest of honor, Jacqueline Gay Wally. Formerly known under her pen name, Gay Wally, who is an award-winning novelist and screenwriter presently with us from New York City. Welcome, Jacqueline Gay. Well, thank you, Murphy. Great to hear you. Yay. (laughs) As Jacqueline's um, characters developed into several names, Charlie, Mira, she, or I, all of them fall under the umbrella of the theme we will explore today, which is Venus as She Ages the name of the collectible collection. So before we begin that discussion, Jacqueline G, Mm -hmm. I'd like you to talk a little about your passion for Eros. And to me, (laughs) the notion you have of Eros is one of your, let's say, gifts, and not to be too uh, new agey, that I think you bring to our planet. (laughs) (laughs) It's like this greater and broader understanding of what Eros really means. Hmm. Well, thank you. Well, actually, uh, it was your imprint that published my first first book, kind of about that, The Erotic Fire of the Unattainable. Um, I think what you're referring to is that um, I don't interpret Eros as just between a man and a woman. And um, I interpreted it as, I was gonna say very much for an artist, but I think it could be for anyone. I interpreted it as a sort of passion for life, an erotic connection to what uh, gives you your jouissance, as Lacan would say. And, Mm. you know, um, what, um, it sort of goes beyond beyond the sort of uh, dyad of, you know, mommy, daddy, person and the sexuality that as we see, but more about sort of a passion for everything. And, um, I think in my books that, you know, I talk about music, I talk about, uh, nature, I talk about, uh, I mean, for all of us that, you know, it can be different things, but it's really a sort of erotic connection to the moment. And, um, and if a character has that, um, they can be rather elusive to a person who is in love with them. And so, and uh, you name this collection Venus as she ages, which works to an extent because Venus was um, the goddess of arts and crafts and she was running here and running there, involved in all things. She had many love affairs as do my characters, but she lives a kind of a jouissance life. Perfect. It's so true. In fact, I I see this not just in the book that we originally published in 2007, The Erotic Fire, The Unattainable, Mm. that was resold to Skyhorse, but I also see it in the the screenplay that you wrote for Amelia Ferrer's film, The Unattainable Story, and Frank Vital's Mm. film, Erotic Fire, The Unattainable, Longing to be Found. And mm-hmm. even inside your play, Love, Genius, and a Walk about Freud and Mahler. So it's it really runs through as a, as a theme to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think I, I, 
tend to write how a person is infused by so many passions. And it's, you know, incredibly important to give yourself over to all the passions that affect you. And out of all those passions, you create yourself. Mm, beautiful. And your connections. Mm -hmm. Nice. Very nice. Yes. You talk about like, it can be in love. It can be about music, dinners, mm -hmm. walks mm -hmm. in the park by yourself with someone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. great conversation mm -hmm. they can be erotic exactly yeah yes there's this great scene i love in magnetism you speak of of a, an otter erotic eroticism of passion at a concert mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. it's the it, the character surrounded by older women like herself for the very mm -hmm. same reason she was there for passion these mm -hmm. women came in pairs and talked with each other at intermission they were dressed, of course, as old ladies should be dressed, in buttoned-up blouses, jackets, no lipstick. Mira sat there, as usual, inappropriately dressed, as if she was an understudy for a Sophia Loren film. It made her laugh at herself to see her black lace sleeves as she turned the pages of her program. Eroticism, a life of eroticism, writing, going to music alone, phone calls. Right. <laughs> right. I think it's somewhere else I write about. I don't know where I wrote about it, but you know, when, oh, when you're answering the door, your steps to the door or your steps to the phone when you're answering the phone mm. can can be a kind of a, an erotic experience. Yes. An erotic fire was about putting on your lipstick. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> to, to write. To right. Write. Yeah. Just to yeah. write, not to see someone, yeah. but to write. Screw and it. perfume. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just going to remind us, like in mythology, we know Eros as the Greek god and the son of Aphrodite. Mm -hmm. And in, but the Romans called him Amor or Cupid with his bow and arrow, shooting love into everyone. And for the Romans, he was Venus's son. And so I want to just read a passage from Strings Attached that. Um, appears. It's the first book of this group, and um, it's about as the goddesses first appear in your books. Aphrodite rushed out of the sea, born of her father's genitals. She smiled in her beauty for all the men to want and shook her lustrous hair. She had no mother to rival with. She married a man who was wounded and thus honest and to whom she was not faithful. She wanted freedom to be in love with everyone, as well as, I suspect, to be in love with herself. Athena emerged from her father's head. She went right to work as I do. She even had the guts to be the goddess of war. She was ruthless to men who tried to capture her. She preferred to give orders and to make crafts. Artemis ran through the woods with her arrow. Was she shooting at her captors at false love? It's very interesting hearing your own words. Anyway, go ahead. Yes. Especially read. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Yes. And then I, I love there's this, this theme of kind of, we talked about the concert of these women at the concert, but there's also this theme of you sometimes just putting on a piece of music while you're writing um, or you, you're sipping a drink in a jazz club and the horns of the band remind you of Hulse Venus. And you write, the energy, though, was not ethereal like Hulse Neptune. What a work of genius the planets are. So it's mm -hmm. like there's there's this sensuality that comes forth in your 
feelings about music, about about everyone, about men, about right. It's just constant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. I think yeah, she's she's very. I mean, the, the characters that run through my that that collection is um, very involved with love mm-hmm. and trying to figure out what is what is love that is free, which is actually what Aphrodite was trying to figure out too. You know, I mean, the goddesses actually were not that good at staying in a relationship. Maybe Hera, but mm, you know, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and neither of my characters. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love it. Mm, there's this great scene where when you first meet um, in magnetism, you bump into this man you call Mr. Mahler, because mm. I think you're both at a concert when you meet. Right. I meet him at the Mahler yes. concert. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you're, you've decided to go for a walk with him and you tell him a story. A male friend had told her a story. When I was in college, he said, I was at a party and I fell for a woman I was watching. She saw me watching her. She was with another guy. At the end of the party, I left with my friends and she came out to the parking lot and walked up to my car and knocked on the window. I rolled it down and she gave me a wonderful kiss and then walked away to her boyfriend. That is what I want now, he said, that feeling. Everybody wants that feeling, she answered, everyone. Or did she mean herself? But who wants to be kissed by an older woman? Was this Kurt's deleterious effect on her? Venus as she ages. And this is a a kind of a moment where she's trying to part from an old boyfriend, right? Mm -hmm. And there's Mm -hmm. this man, this smaller man that stepped in and she's trying to engage him. But at the same time, she keeps thinking about Kurt, Kurt, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that's... Uh, that's from the last book, Magnetism. And that's really where um, a woman is older and she still wants to magnetize. She wants to be desired. She wants to be desiring. She wants to not sort of drift off the the, um, juicy parts of life and not be considered passe. And um, part of the reason that she feels this way is that her lover seems to have a penchant for young women and doesn't seem to appreciate her. Um, and so she, that diminishes her confidence. And so when she meets Mr. Mahler, who um, she talks to, um, she remembers that um, this very much wanting to be desired. And ironically, he, I think he does desire her mm. or he desires to own her. Mm. Yeah. Yes, there's there's this also the scene that you have kind of in that book where you are and we'll discuss this book kind of deeper when we have that actual podcast around magnetism. But there's um, some interaction that you have with your with the or the character has with her Mm, upstairs mm. neighbor. And she's like an an elder Mm -hmm. mentor and Mm -hmm, writer mm -hmm. herself, Lucia. So Mira is right, and Mira's discussion with her, the you know this this challenge that she's having inside this relationship with Kurt, 
And then also mm-hmm. this Mr. Mm-hmm. Mueller, right? There's this mm-hmm. engagement about that. I think uh, Lucia, oh, it's a woman upstairs. She's a Holocaust survivor and she's just in the book. She's written a memoir about it. And she has a tremendous, she, she has that magnetism, Lucia. And um, um, when Mira uh, sort of talks about feeling bereft in certain ways about her aging, uh, Lucia's response, I think Mira's actually complaining about money Mm -hmm. and the mistakes she's made about money in her life. And um, uh, Lucia says, that's not the real problem. It's because you're with a man who won't kiss you which Kurt is like that. And, um, and that all these problems would be solved. Lucius seems to think if you were with someone who would kiss you and, and that's, and that's kind (laughs) of um, my, even her financial problems would be solved by that. Just, I think what she's trying to say is you would be opening up to life. And um, so, yes, um, Lucia, uh, Lucia is is a mentor for her, and and Lucia's the one actually who came up with the Venus as she ages line because she tells Mira, you know, what are you writing about? And I I I can't remember what Mira says, but and then Lucia says, why don't you write about Venus as she ages? Which Mira puts her nose up in the air at, and then Lucia said, well, there are no images of Venus as she ages. And um, so actually magnetism is an image of Venus as she ages. Yes. And there's another moment also inside that book while we're speaking about magnetism, where she um, it's almost like she takes the advice of Lucia to explore other ways of finding that Venus. And she takes off Mm -hmm. for Uruguay and, um, she writes, they're, they're there, not surprisingly. She met a woman interested in self-discovery who lived part-time in Uruguay. She had married an Uruguayan, and he wanted to retire there. It was the perfect, quiet place to write a book about rescuing the abandoned girl inside her. And Sarah hired Mira to help. And here it was, Mira, who was being rescued by the feminine. Venus as she ages, mm. born of the sea. Because there she's walking Mm -hmm. along the water. Again, there's kind of this theme of your main characters. They love the ocean, like Aphrodite coming up out of the the water. Right. I think there's a scene where uh, Mira arrives in Montevideo, which is a beautiful town over the sea. And it's a sort of a hilly town. And she literally feels like she's falling in love as as she walks in that town. She experiences that sort of butterfly effect of that passion um, as she arrives in Uruguay with the beauty of the sea and the town and the, and the, uh, what's the word I want to say? Uh, the beauty is also that it's unaffected. It's not a sort of glamor town or a, it's all, it's authentic. It's, it's, it's extremely authentic. And she responds to that as if falling in love. Yes, and it brings you back to that eros. She's in love again, but it doesn't have to be this kind of projection on a man. I mean, not that all love is projection on a man, but there's a way that um, she's mm-hmm, in love mm-hmm, constantly mm-hmm. with all of life, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, These different mm-hmm. characters. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting because the collection, um, I don't know if you mentioned this, is really takes the 
the books are are in the order of when I wrote them, and I mm. the uh, strings attached is a young girl. I didn't write it as a young girl, but it's about a young girl, and then also when she first gets married, and then um, the books age the main the main character ages as the writer ages so to speak mm-hmm. and um and um it's interesting that the last one magnetism is of course when she's the oldest and um and to love is easiest um as she ages to to mm-hmm. to love is more appreciative when she's younger she's a fighter you know um um she's she's mm-hmm. fighting against herself she's fighting for freedom because she's younger and men want to claim her and much as she needs to be loved, mm-hmm. she needs to be free. So she's always in this kind of nomadic um, quandary, you know, of, mm-hmm. of I need to be free to create and be in love with life. I don't want to be captured. But at the same time, she also mm-hmm. is often in love with these men that are trying to capture her. So she's in this bind. Um, but in magnetism, as she gets mm-hmm. older, um, she... Um, it's not in that bind because she has achieved herself and she is appreciative of all that she can love and whomever loves her, even though she actually, I think Mr. Mahler does want to capture her and she's not up for it. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's interesting also in magnetism, you do a a glance back at, um, a prisoner that you had been in love with in book two and three. I mean, I say you, but I should say Mira Mm -hmm. or she and I, which are your other characters. And um, in, in book two to any links and in book three prison sex, and you're looking back at that prisoner and magnetism. It's like you have a sense of, of something like occurs to you and you say the whole impossibility of never having sex made the whole thing impossible. Is that a magnetism? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. You're looking back. I love that because it kind of sums up those two books and and this Oh, yes, yes. Because in magnetism, there are um, chapters where she remembers being very erotically alive. Mm -hmm. I think there's one where she's by the ocean with a boy at 14. And it's not, and it's not so much that they're having sex. I think you know she thinks, oh, good girls don't have go all the way, but they are t- touching each other. Mm-hmm. But they're by the sea, and and the, and it's just the, that eroticism, and they're on the beach together, and um, the sun and the, the 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 their own young beauty, you know, and the old, the newness of it all, you know. So yes, yeah, she remembers in magnetism these these things in her life that were very, very erotic. Yeah. And she even wishes she could buy that outfit again. Remember? It's like, wasn't yeah, it like blue, blue shorts, shorts, blue shorts and a blue right? sweater. Yeah. Like the- yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> mm. Well, now, now I'm going to just like move us a little bit to a subject that's not so easy, but I'd mm-hmm. say particularly for women, um, aging which is part of Venus as she ages, something we as women have a hard time facing both in discussion Mm -hmm, and in the mirror. mm -hmm. And as my mother said of you, (laughs) when she first read encouragement, uh, which is now as to any links. And when she read um, the erotic fire, the unattainable, she said, Oh, you know, gay says things women can't say, won't say, but must say, (laughs) right. It's like, 
And, um, and so I think, okay, let's go into this other mm-hmm. theme. And in the third book, Prison Sex, she's faced with losing her beauty, not just for herself, but from the younger generation's view of her. She writes, what use, or you write, what use had it been? Always got you a job, always got you the possibility of a stranger. She could give a smile and get a smile. No cosmetics can shield her coming effacement. She could not afford talks in any way. She wondered how much difference they made. The retreating from the center stage of the sexual theater went on inside too. She was at the age where younger people didn't have much hope for her. And worse, she was not sure what hope she had for herself. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, I mean, I think this is like what we're, what I'm going to be taking you through now are clips of, uh, of the mm-hmm. facing of herself um, in, in the mirror, really mirrored by Kurt and Oscar, mirrored by herself, mirrored by a doctor, mirrored by um, elder women that come back and uh, from another mm-hmm. world, really from death to be with her, Jean Reese and, and Marguerite de Ross. And, um, and so we're kind of moving toward that theme. Um, in The Bed You Lie In, Mira disparagingly comments to herself, I berated myself for being old and not beautiful anymore, for not being able to mm-hmm. undo a man. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense that as you're, as you're, um, as the characters are aging, there are these fictitious characters, but real characters that existed, which are the DeRoss mm-hmm. character and Reese. And also in magnetism, this writing mentor of Lucia upstairs. So they are kind of pivotal of her understanding that you can have these kind of sensual lives that are both in the dialogue of the writing or the craft of your art and even in Mm -hmm. engagement with men. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. Because actually um, the characters never stop engaging with men, even though she in different books is aware that she's aging. Um, uh, But she always, I think in every book has quite an active love life. You know, um, mm, so, mm, um, exactly. you know, so, you know, I think, she, I think she bemoans losing her, um, looks as she ages because, you know, beauty, um, catalyzes things, you know, uh, things happen as, as, um, I think I said, but so, you know, and you don't have to make a lot of effort when you're young, you know, for things to happen for a beautiful woman, you know, um, but, <laughs> um, and some of those things are a complete waste of time and some of them become stories, so to speak, they become your story, you know? Um, mm-hmm. and, um, um, but it's interesting in those books that, that she bemoans losing it, but I think in every single one of them, and even in magnetism where, it opens with her going on a date by herself. Um, um, yes, uh, she exactly. does meet someone whom one believes that perhaps, you know, it will work out with that. She's magnetized too. And he seems magnetized mm. to her. Um, 
Yes. And I, I, I think also in the, in the books, I think all of them, there's a kind of discussion of what is a real magnetizing of, between two people. You know, we've all had attractions. We've all had um, different mm-hmm. types mm-hmm. of relationships. Um, she's not magnetized by Mr. Mahler, you know. Um, um, mm-hmm. she t- she's not magnetized by Michael in the bed you lie in. Um, uh, because they um, don't have that, they don't give her freedom. Uh, she tends to be magnetized mm. by men who allow her to be sovereign, so to speak. Mm. You know. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yes. Yes. Any anything else you want to share? Anything mm. else, Gay? Before we wrap up. Um. Um. Well, I, I think for the audience, I mean, the books cover. Um, she gets married. She's not too good at it. Um, she falls in love. She falls in love with another mm-hmm. man. Um, he is not available, but he springboards her out. Um, and um, then she gets the, the next one is actually not is a triangle. Um, but it's actually about mm-hmm. two people. She, she's a little different in this, um, who are the children of Holocaust survivors, and they catalyze the pain of their backgrounds in each other by, um, um, it's almost mm. like love is too hot, mm. and, um, and, it, and mm. so much pain comes out. Hopefully it's told in a kind of a witty way, so it's not horrible for the reader to read, but they do, um, and they get healed by actually confronting their material or almost their ancestral material. Um, and then the last one is, as you mentioned, uh, the next one, as you mentioned, is Marguerite Durant and Jean Reese, who are the main characters' idols, come back to life to straighten her out, and they go and they go live. They go live in Vienna, the three of them, and what happens to all of them. And then um, the last one, we've spoken quite a bit about magnetism. So yeah. So that's a, it's a journey, although they were not written as a series, they, they're just a journey. Mm, exactly. A great collection. Books lead us whether we're writing them or reading them. Writers guide us into places we've never been before, internally and even externally, or back into moments we'd rather not look at, but must if we're going to shift and change. Your characters, Jacqueline Gay Wally, whether Charlie or Mira or she or I, bring us down into the depths of her experiences of abandonment from the mother, of her father's alcoholism, of love unrealized, into the call and cost of being an artist, into the subject of desire and desiring, into the loss of our youth, of Venus as a girl, of Venus aging, and then up and out of those experiences into possibilities of hope, into the birthing of Eros, into the everyday. Thank you, Jacqueline Gay Wally, for writing these books that span a capsule of time from the late 60s until now, and for being with us with IML Publications and the launch of this collectible collection of Venus as she ages. It is pertinent and relevant for all girls, women, and the men who want to understand them. This is I, Murphy Lewis of IML Publications, speaking to you from Paris, France, with our guest, Jacqueline Gay Wally in New York City. Well, thank you, Murphy. Yeah.
It's just wonderful all you're doing. Thank you for joining us, Jacqueline Gay. We welcome you to listen to our next podcast that will feature each one of Jacqueline Gay Wally's books. You can access more about Miss Wally on our website, www.gaywally.com, or on ours, www.imlpublications.com. This podcast was recorded on Zencaster with producer Sebastiano Tecchio and with the music Going Home, provided by the flautist and saxophonist Steve Slagle from his album Spirit Calls, made in 2019. Thank you so much.